Hi, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Washington Ethical Society. As we mark yesterday's, sorry, excuse me. Uh, the thing is, every uh, every time I prepare to be uh, an efficient, I take last 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 week's script, and sometimes I don't make all the changes. So I was going to welcome you to. Uh, the 53rd Earth Day, but I think the Earth is managing quite well or badly without my help. So here we go. Wes is one community unified across time and space gathering for these Sunday platforms to affirm our values and commit to a better world. So I want to welcome those of you who are here in the hall and those of you who are now watching on Zoom and those who are going to catch the recording later. If you're on Zoom, please check this chat for a welcome and various tips from Joe Klein, today's Zoom chat coordinator. If you're here in the hall and would like an assistive uh, listening device, please ask the sound team at the back. <clears throat> if you're visiting here in person, please stop by the welcome table after platform today, speak to a greeter or to our membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas. Those of you visiting online now or later, we invite you to send an email to Maceo at maceot at ethicalsociety.org or fill out a connection form, which you can find at tiny.cc forward slash westconnect. Now I'll read a few of the greetings that folks have written in to the Zoom chat. So there, okay, if I can find the chat button, I will be all set. So uh, greetings from Laura DeShulio, uh, from Mark Meyer, Sue Jacobson. Good morning, everyone from Rockwell, Maryland. Uh, let me just see if there are any more. Cynthia Goodman says hi. Trish Weil says good morning from the hills of southwestern Virginia. Shirley Storms says good morning, everybody. And Joe Klein uh, says good morning to everybody, too. So here we are. The words for this morning are from our founder. And the, in my view, the most foundational comment he made, uh, which is act so as to elicit the best in others and thereby in thyself. Felix Adler, founder of the Ethical Society and Culture. Today's opening music is by John Pfeiffer. Uh, he spells his name John Pfeiffer and I sent a message over the weekend to John Pfeiffer saying, where's the music, John? And of course, John responded saying, no, no, I'm not the John Pfeiffer, although the name is very similar. This is John Pfeiffer. So welcome, welcome, and over to you.
purpose as a reminder of our shared values. Uh, if you're interested in taking a turn to read the Statement of Purpose, which I strongly encourage, uh, you can sign up uh, at tiny.cc slash readSOP. You can read it here in person or make a recording that can be included in a future platform. Today's reader is Roberta Gaia, a long-standing member of WES. The Washington Ethical Society is a humanistic congregation that affirms the worth of every person. We strive through our relationships to elicit the best in the human spirit. With faith in human goodness, we appreciate each person's unique capacities. We joyfully celebrate together and support each other through life. We nurture a sense of reverence and responsibility for each other on the earth. We warmly invite you to join our community as children and adults as we work for a world where love and justice cross all borders. Thank you, Roberta. As Roberta lights our community candle, I invite those of you with candles at home to light yours and for everyone to join in our candle lighting words. May we kindle within us the warmth of compassion, the light of understanding, and the fire of commitment to build a brighter future for all. And here is a, uh, a story titled A Tale of Three Villages by Rene Ruchowska, told by our senior leader, Casey Slack. There once were three travelers whose village was flooded. Together, they set out for higher ground, 
to find a new home. As they journeyed, they reminisced in stories about their former home, their loved ones lost to the flood. And as they crossed over the mountains, they saw a sheltered, fertile valley with a cluster of three small villages. One said, this land looks a lot like home, but I'm a little nervous about meeting new people. The second said, we have become good friends. We know and trust each other, and we share tasks fairly. The third said, let's ask good questions at each village to help us find a new home. Over the fire that night, they came up with two questions. How does the village make decisions? And what happens when you don't agree? When they entered the first village, the villagers told them, we have a powerful ruler who decides what is best for our village. The ruler's family have been in charge for many generations. And if we have a disagreement, the ruler decides for us. The travelers looked at each other with tight lips, then thanked the villagers and continued on their journey. When they entered the second village, they asked, how does your village make decisions? And the villagers responded, we vote for a few people to represent all of us on a council. We vote for people who promise to make decisions that are the best for all of us. And then the travelers asked, what happens when you don't agree with what the council decides? Sometimes, the villagers said, we don't like what they decide at all, but we have to do it. The travelers looked at each other with disappointed eyes and then said, thank you and goodbye to those villagers as well. As they trudged to the third village, they talked among themselves. One said, that sounded good at first, but was it really any better than the village with the ruler? Another said, not really. Some people have a much bigger say. The third said, after the others vote for them, the people on the council can do whatever they want. In the third village, they soon found some villagers to ask about decision-making there. One villager smiled and said, Come, we will show you. The villagers formed a large circle and invited the travelers to join them. A villager wearing a special necklace said, We welcome you into our circle. If you would like to stay, you must accept our agreements. Speak the truth, keep your promises, honor and care for this circle as part of earth and sky. The travelers looked at each other with shiny eyes and then agreed in unison. Another villager explained, this is how we make important decisions. By listening to each other in their turn, under these agreements, until the decision is made. This is also how we disagree, by listening to each other in their each turn. Sometimes we agree to disagree, but we disagree in respect and peace. The travelers smiled widely. They had found their new home. 
as we continue in our platform time together today. Keep these villages in mind. and Maybe ask yourself some questions. Why do you think the travelers decided to stay in the third village? What's important to the travelers in the third village? What values can you notice in their agreements? What are the values that people share where you live? What rules do you use to help you live by those values? Thank you. Thank you, Casey. Let's now enter into the centering time of our platform. Each week we ring the shrine in solidarity with people around the world. Today I am mindful of the 65,000 US men and women in uniform who lost their lives in the Vietnam, Iraq and Afghan wars. They gave their lives and we shouldn't ever forget them. Their families, loved ones and all those who suffered grave mental and physical injury in America's wars. Let's also remember the thousands of other nationals who died as a result of these wars. As we listen to the chime, let's remember our connection to each other and the world around us. Let's open our hearts to compassion for those who suffer. And let us commit ourselves to the work that calls for our love. And I invite Casey to lead our meditation. take a moment to get comfortable. That could look different for you than it does for your neighbor, but make sure you're respectful of your neighbor while you get comfortable. Maybe you need to stretch a little bit. I often do at this point in the morning. Maybe it feels good for you to take a big, deep breath. Whatever you need to do to arrive here in this moment, grounded, settled, ready to be open. And while you're sitting, I invite you to do a quick body check. Bring your attention first to your feet. Maybe they are on the floor, maybe you've got your legs crossed. Pay attention to how they feel. And then move that attention up through your legs, noticing any tightness or stiffness that you're experiencing. And if your muscles are tensing up, see if you can let them go. Bring that attention up into your core, 
into your belly, giving some gratitude to the internal organs which process your food and give you energy. Noticing if you're holding any tension in your spine or in your chest. Taking deep breaths and letting yourself release what you can there. Bringing the attention to your lungs. Taking in the air, extracting oxygen and passing it to your blood vessels to go throughout your body. And then let your attention move into your shoulders and out through your arms. Do you notice that your shoulders are up by your ears? Put them down. You might shake your arms a little bit. That's a place that tension starts to live in the shoulders. Bring your attention into your neck, into your head, into your face, your jaw. We often hold tension in our jaws. Maybe you need to stretch it out, make a lion face like a roar. It's not attractive, but it is good for your muscle tension. And when you've reached the top of your head, do a quick scan back down, and anything that is tight, anything that is tense, let it shake out a little bit. Let it shake out because you deserve to feel relaxed. Because you deserve to feel good. Because you, and your body are good, even when they are rebellious. Even when you are tense, even when you are hurting. Your body and you are fundamentally good. Let it feel that way, even if just for a minute. We continue our meditation in silence and the music that follows.
Thank you, John. <clears throat> the reading for today is uh, I Will Love You by Being by Sean Parker Dennison from Breaking and Blessing. I will love you by being brave. I will walk directly into the eye of every storm, push back against the wind that tries to stop my forward motion. And bear the bruises from hailstones that mark my skin. I will, I will love you by being strong. I will lift the weight of a thousand broken hearts pull the whole world behind me on a single chain and break my own shell to grow tender and new. I will love you by being wise. I will close my mouth, open my eyes, my ears, my heart, push aside the obvious, the easy, the daring and the dead, and being again and again to know or not know everything of love. I will love you by being weak. I will reveal the tender and the vulnerable, hold myself open, pull off the armor, the exoskeleton, layer by layer, and build nothing in its place. I will love you by being, I will breathe in and out and cherish the beating of my own heart, push back against anything that would suffocate my flame, burn away despair, leave room for more love. I will love you by being weak. I will love you by being wise. I will love you by being strong. I will love you by being brave. I will love you by being. Our platform speaker today is Casey Slack. Thank you, Rajesh. We have talked about a lot of things in the nine months that I have been here. Can you believe that it has only been nine months? The space between August and here feels interminably long. I feel like I have had at least a couple of lifetimes since I moved to DC last summer from Los Angeles. That is one of those things about this kind of work where you are asked to get to know people where they are and to make change, to make growth, to make liberation with whoever shows up to make it. You have to change a lot yourself. You have to be ready to be in motion and learning and growing and changing because otherwise you will never meet people where they are. Because if your reaction to the sort of things you encounter in other people is to stay the same, then you are not doing the job at all. When I went to seminary, the joke that people would tell me was that what they would do to you in seminary is cut you open, make you rip everything out, and then stuff it back in in a new order. 
and then ask you to do it again six months later, and again and again for three solid years, and then you go and do an internship in a hospital and you watch people die for a year, and that, too, pulls it out of you and stuffs it back into you. So, realistically, I'm more comfortable changing all the time than I am staying the same. There's a Fiona Apple song, Extraordinary Machine. And she talks about people who are no good at being uncomfortable, so they can't stop saying exactly the same. And of herself, she says, but I'm good at being uncomfortable, so I can't stop changing all the time. I've always really resonated with that. And I can feel you all changing too. I can feel our relationships changing, this community changing, finding footing in an uneven, complicated, brand new landscape. Okay, we trip sometimes, all of us. I trip, you trip, we trip over each other. We run into the places where we don't know how to communicate because we are East Coast and West Coast and Midwest and Southern, because we are boomers and the silent generation and millennials and Gen X and Gen Z, because we have different experiences of the world and are stuck opaque to each other even when we try. We've talked about a lot of stuff in the last nine months. Wonder, love, vulnerability, indigenous history, fat phobia, racism, liberation, resistance, creativity. That's just a few of the things we've talked about. We've thought about this community as a coral reef and as a bouquet of flowers and as a real organization that needs care in volunteer hours and dollars. Sometimes it is a lot of fun. We do things together that are great times. The auction in the fall was my first time getting to go to a community auction as the clergy person instead of a member. And it was so much fun. Y'all can throw a party. We laugh, we laugh together on Sunday morning, even when we're talking about serious stuff. The staff-led cookout last Sunday, so much fun to have people come and sit and talk and get to just be people together. We've done serious stuff. We learned about overdose prevention and naloxone, some of us. We talked We've talked seriously about so many things. We've had complicated congregational meetings where we try to figure out what our priorities are going to be given the reality that we're in. Sometimes it's really hard. Sometimes we can't hear each other past our own sense of what's going on our own panic, our own ideas about each other. Sometimes we miscommunicate completely. 
I'll start. I <laughs> miscommunicated pretty hard when I first got here. You see, I can do a bunch of things at once, but I can't handle interruptions in my process. I could do five, six things at once, but if my phone rings and I pay attention to my phone, then those other five things are gone until who knows when. Trying to account for that, I told you not to call me on the phone. And what a lot of you heard, and I hear it now, was don't talk to me. I didn't mean don't talk to me. Please talk to me. <laughs> I love talking to you. You could ask a number of people who have come by to talk to me. I will, if I don't pay attention, talk to you for too long. If I don't put limits on it, I will sit in the library with someone for two, three hours and not realize it has happened. My attachment to time is loose. <laughs> and I'd rather be with you than do almost anything else in this job or, let me be real, the world. The thing that I like the most is getting to know you, to hear who you are and how you think, what you make of the world around us, what your dreams are for yourself and for us, who the world is calling you to be and what you're aching to let go of. I love to hear about your projects, what you're writing right now. I love to get to read what you're writing before you're putting it out in the world. That feels so special. And I love when you are worried about our community and you come to me and you say, hey, I am worried. Because then we can talk. Then we can be together and meet each other for real. And there is where possibility starts happening. So please don't call me out of the blue. I have so many things to do and I will fail to do them if you interrupt me with a conversation. But please do email me to set up time to talk. I will make time for you. I love to make time for you. You can send me a text message. My phone number that you can text is in my email signature. And you can say, do you have time to talk in 10 minutes? And I'll say yes or no, depending on if I have time to talk in 10 minutes. You can say, it's an emergency if it's an emergency and I will drop the other things and figure them out later. You can find me after platform and try to set something up, but I promise you, I don't know anything after I'm done talking. So you have better luck telling Caitlin, and Caitlin does not actually want you to do that. <laughs> better luck, but please don't. But I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you so bad all the time. I sound like I'm lying. I'm not. I really desperately want to talk to you. And people who have had time with me will tell you, I will listen as much as I talk. You know me better for talking, right? Because this is my job to stand up here and talk at you. But the listening is more important to me. I've been trying my whole life to figure out what on earth is going on on this planet how people get so different from each other, and how we can love each other anyway. 
Those are some of the best parts of this for me. This, which is sometimes so fun and sometimes so hard. I was explaining my job to a new friend the other day, and I said, you know, Monday through Thursday, I manage a smallish membership nonprofit. And on the weekend, I'm a performance artist, which means that on Saturday, I bang my head against ideas for as long as I can, which sometimes looks like gardening and other times looks like lying on the floor crying. In the hopes that on Sunday I will get up and I will have something worth hearing to say. I think I do pretty good at that part. But I will be clear that it's hard, that I am emotionally in it every week. I will say that sometimes, less because of you all and more because of everything else, I don't really know what the point is. I look at a world in which a map of states I am now illegal in can be made. Places where if I wanted to live there, I would not be able to receive health care that I need. I take testosterone for transition purposes. In Virginia, in Florida, in Texas, in Tennessee, the chances that I could get that care are lower and lower and non-existent, even though I am a full-ass adult. I'll pardon my choice of language there. A whole grown person. Some days I don't know what we can do. And I still think that this is the answer. Not the only answer, my answer. My answer, because the point is that we're better together. The point is that in a community where we have decided to be better together, we can practice caring for each other. We can practice seeing each other as ends rather than means. We can mess up together and then do better. We can say, ow, and oops, and I'm sorry. We can learn not to do the things that make us say ow in advance ooh, of somebody getting there. We can gesture our way into our water bottle. And our impact can be so much greater together than any of us could do on our own. I don't really believe that anybody does anything alone. At very minimum, two people were required to cause your existence. At bare minimum, somebody grew you in their body. You did not get here on your own. But at actual, somebody built this building, and other people, people who are here, paid for it. And people built those roads and paid for them, and somebody pays for the public transit that could be better. That we're doing these things together all the time, whether we want to admit it or not. Whether our culture says we do things together or not. We have this phrase, eliciting the best in others and thereby in thyself.
That's a big ask, actually. It's one of those really tricky little phrases where you're like, well, that's easy. And then you try to do it, and it is not easy. It is not easy to interact with people in a way that encourages them to be their best selves. It is not easy to be your best self. I've talked before about my preference for favorite self rather than best, but we'll go with best today. It matters to me that the phrase is in others and thereby yourself. Though I think it could go the other way around as well. You could elicit the best in yourself and thereby others. That also works. But it matters that it's an interchange, that it's a dialectic, that it's both both you and others, it's I and thou. It is not act as to make other people as good as you are, or act as to make yourself as good as others. Right? This pairing of self and other makes you an agent, but also acted upon, which is how I see reality, right? We are both acting and being acted upon all the time. Eliciting the best is a group project of remembering our better angels and practicing setting down the physically, emotionally, and if you'll go there with me, metaphysically destructive habits of a society so deeply in the grasp of cultures of dominance. We can name those cultures all kinds of ways. There are a bunch of terms that we do or do not like to use variously. For the moment, I'll go with cultures of dominance. I'll go with the idea of kiriarchy, which is a $10 word for cultures of dominance. All of the stuff that makes us think that there is a hierarchy and some of us are up here and others are down here. That value exists on the same kinds of rungs as class, as caste, as race, as gender, as we've been taught society works. It matters that eliciting the best is a group project, something we're doing together. We could talk about, and we should talk about, but not today. What exactly the best is, the other thing that's hard about that phrase, or an other thing that's hard about that phrase. Who's best? How do you know which thing the best thing is? As an aside, I will offer that I don't think any one of us knows which thing the best thing is. I think that's something we can only know together but whatever the best actually is, we have some pretty clear ideas about uh, not bests. Some pretty good examples of when we are our not best. We are not our best when we are gossipy and indirect, when we won't apologize for harm, when we get too stuck in our own ideas about who we are or who someone else is, 
to experience someone as their whole self. We are not our best when we treat people like means rather than ends. When we see someone in an employment relationship and see them as their position rather than their self. Our community relations pact speaks really clearly to a lot of this, particularly around communication, encouraging us to communicate directly, face-to-face -face when possible, with positive intent and assuming the positive intent of others. Let me tell you, I struggle. I struggle with assuming positive intent as a concept, as a life experience, my own nervous system is reactive to other people. And I have to practice turning my reactivity down and saying, okay, what is actually being said to me here? What might this person really mean? I get stressed out sometimes and have to walk away from the emails, literally. I will be in my office and I will receive an email that will get me all worked up and then I will take a lap around the office. And when I come back, I remember that the person on the other side of the keyboard is somebody. Is somebody who cares as much about this thing as I do whose communication style is maybe not my favorite, but who is probably trying to do the best they can. And that is a different way to respond to things. That is a different way to answer an email or have a conversation or face the reality of what we're all in together, whether that is the global financial situation coming to bear on our community, or oppression perpetrated by our government, or somebody having just like a bad day and acting kind of crappy. The Community Pact encourages us to speak with kindness, sincerity, authenticity, and from our own perspectives. To make I statements, Right? It doesn't say that, but I'm, I'm extrapolating. I see, I feel, I think, my experience is. You can interact with a person who says I. It is harder when we talk about some nebulous people, right? People say, what people? Where are they? Can they come talk to me? Will you make them come talk to me? Community Pact, I really encourage you to read through this because if I get too far into reading this, we're gonna be here forever. And I am trying to make us not be here forever all the time. I really wanna focus on this assuming good intentions piece. Because I think we could use some practice. I think I know that the pandemic years made us all a little weird. 
no matter how much better we're feeling now, we are all a little bit under-socialized these days, just like a tiny bit feral. I've been thinking about it. Usually I think about congregational life as a project of herding cats. And some of those cats are stray. And my job is to be like, I have a snack. A snack? Look, it's just a hand. I... And yes, it is a little bit like that. I do have a snack. I have gold stars in my office. If you come to talk to me, and that feels like a brave thing to do for you, I will give you a gold star. If you had a week that was hard for you, I will give you a gold star. I would love to give you a gold star. I have other stickers too. I bought stickers to give you. It's hard to assume good intentions, especially when you live in a world where it is hard to assume anybody's good intentions most of the time. It wouldn't be safe for me to assume the good intentions of everybody I ever encounter, right? I have been at Disneyland behind people with 3%er patches. If you don't know what that is, we'll talk about it later. I have been at the Disneyland when somebody calls Caitlin and I dykes. Now, that might be a word that I feel okay calling myself, but if you are using it and you are not also, then I assume no good intentions on your part. It is not safe for me to go around life assuming that everybody has good intentions. And if we're gonna talk about politics for a second, it is hard to assume good intentions on the part of people bought and paid for by companies well beyond the wealth any of us could dream of, would dream of, perhaps. But, maybe, we can assume each other's good intentions about this. We can assume that the people who are here are here because they chose to be, because they care about eliciting the best in one another because they care about freedom, because they care about community, because they are dedicated in whatever way they have capacity to be dedicated to this group project of finding best, of making better. I hope that you can assume my good intentions, that I am here because I want to help you take care of this thing that many of you have worked for years to love and grow and maintain. That I'm here because I want to be with you. I want to know you. I want to hear your stories and your thoughts. And I want to help all of us hear each other more. Do more good. I will love you by being brave. I will love you by being strong. I will love you by being wise where I have it and weak where I can make myself bear it. I will love you by being, being as fully, brokenly, 
perfectly in-process human as I can figure out how to be on that particular day or week or month. And I will practice trusting your good intentions. And I, I will hope, I will work, I will do what I can to help you trust my good intentions. Trust my care for you. Trust my care for us, all of us actually, all of us fragile and imperfect and beautiful, beautiful humans longing to be free enough to see and love and be with each other for real. I will love you by being. And that today is my commitment to you. Thank you. Thank you, Casey. Uh, in a few minutes, we'll have our community sharing time when you can write into the Zoom chat or share in person about what resonated with you in this platform. As always, the invitation is to keep your comments brief so everyone has a chance to speak. While we listen to today's musical response, please think about a personal experience or perspective that you'd like to share. I request John to play the musical response. wasn't sure what I was going to play at all because I didn't know what you were going to talk, talk about exactly. I just had a rough idea and, excuse me? Oh, so the people at, at home and, and whatnot and can hear, okay, and you can hear, okay. Um, like I said, I wasn't sure what I was going to play until after hearing what you were going to talk about, and I can't think of a more appropriate one of my own songs than the one that I'm going to share with you. It was ri written on a song prompt that I completely disagreed with. The song prompt was, you'll have to get there on your own. So this is the song that I wrote for that prompt. It's the one who picks the peaches. It's the one who drives the truck. It's the one who collects the trash. The one who gives this bum a buck. 
It's the medic to the rescue. The one puts out the fire. The one can't sing in tune, still welcome singing in the choir. So who's the one who said you'll have to get there on your own? Who's to say you'll never need to take the long way home? Take all the souls you've ever met and all you may be with. And keep in mind a self-made man's but a self-made myth. It's the one who climbs the mountains. It's the one who writes the books. It's the one to teach the children There's more to life than looks It's the star in the limousine It's the guy who rides the bus All making up this thread of life Connecting all of us So who's the one who said You'll have to get there on your own? Who's to say you'll never Need to take the long way home? Take all the souls you've ever met and all you may be with And keep in mind a self-made man's but a self-made myth We're all in this together like the eagle and the dove we're all in this together. Let us love, let us love. Love the one who's favored. Love the one gone wrong. The stranger in the mirror. The one who sings a song. The preacher in the gutter. Who reeks of piss and wine. His heart cries out for happiness. The same as yours and mine. So said you'll have to get there on your own who's to say you'll never need to take the long way home take all the souls you've ever met and all you may be with and keep in mind a self-made man's but a self-made myth a self-made man but a self-made myth. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> that is terrific. Thank you. I was reminded of the uh, story that uh, Casey told about Thoreau and having his mother come out and do the laundry and the cooking. <laughs> it was fantastic. Uh, okay. So, as promised, this is the time when we add our own voices to the morning, sharing our reflections on the platform and what resonates with our personal experience. I'll start by reading the initial Zoom comments, which I'm, and while I'm doing that, folks who want to speak at the mic should come on up and wait patiently in line. Uh, so, let's see now. Trish Weil says, that was a wonderful and touching talk, Casey. To assume positive intent, to meet others where they are, this is the work that we must do, must. Uh, 
And then Perry says, Casey, thank you for your commitment to our community and your love for us imperfect humans in it. And John, thank you for your fabulous music. Uh, Joe Klein says, Casey, I so appreciate your platforms. They are so authentic and there are always so many points that resonate for me. Many things uh, struck me in this platform and in particular the reference to systems of dominance uh, is very much on my mind this week and well, every week. Uh, Perry says, I love the phrase a little bit feral. It, could, it, it occurs to me that some of us could benefit from being a little bit feral. Okay, let's move into, into the room now. Uh, please mention your name and uh, your pronouns if you wish. Okay, I'm Paul Baker. And you haven't seen me for a while. I'll just raise the mic. Like, like higher? That better, okay? I'm Paul Baker. You haven't seen me for a while. I haven't seen you for a while. Just want to say it's good to be back. This is, I think, the first time I've been here with my wife, Patty, since the pandemic. It feels good. And I wanted to comment about that, about the moment. I encourage all of you who are out there and haven't come back to West to come back to West because there are some people here. We don't have a camera. Uh, <laughs> and then just one comment about the talk today. I just want to affirm that a group of us emailed uh, Casey, got a response the same day, set up an appointment a couple days later, and came here and talked in the library. And we had a very good discussion. Uh, Casey listens, and Casey has some interesting things to say. So take advantage of the offer and come back to Wes and make your views known. Thank you. Uh, hi, my name is Peter. Uh, he, his, him. Um, <clears throat> uh, so the platform was wonderful as usual. However, rather than talking about the platform, I'm going to talk about a piece of change that I am thinking that maybe we should be doing. And uh, so at the candidates forum, I asked the question, um, uh, should we be going from a time of nearly universal masking to a time of minority masking? And is there a plan for doing that? To my way of thinking, we need a plan for doing that and to figure out when that should be happening. Uh, so since I've been involved in lots of places where already uh, no one is using masks, including on the metro, well, I mean, there are a few people using masks on the metro. To my way of thinking, anyone who wants to use a mask is welcome to use a mask. I have no problem with that whatsoever. Um, but it just seems to me that we need to be welcoming to people who do not want to wear masks at this point in time. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, hello, Jeff Mihal here. So it's been nine months, Casey. Doesn't, doesn't seem like it, you know? Um, what struck me in your platform, when you mentioned the states where you're not legal. Now, I've been to all of those states. Um, and it's kind of like, why would you want to go someplace where you're not wanted? Um, the late George Carlin had an interesting observation about the incongruities, but I can't say it in public because it's rather obscene and heteronormative, so I'll tell you later, Casey. 
Um, I can say that for at least for Florida, having had an extended stay there last year caused by a hurricane, which I didn't plan on, um, that outside of, say, Disney World and the Keys, there's really nothing there. I mean, Florida's only good if you're an orange, let's face it. Um, you know, it's, it's abominably hot in the summer. It gets damp and it does get cold in the winter for about three weeks. And, you know, you have to get used to wearing long johns when the temperature is a solid 70 degrees. Um, and did I mention the flying cockroaches? Um, but I can say that during my stay there, I ran into some really wonderful, friendly people, politically progressive, an absolute minority in that state. They just happened to be my mom's next door neighbors. Uh, and to make anything better, there's, we still keep in touch and I would consider them certainly friends. And the best part about it, it's a married couple and the husband is a fellow rail enthusiast just like me. I'm Denise, she, her. Kind of like Casey, I've been trying to assume positive attention, intentions of people. And one of the things that I'm struggling with and trying to figure out is knowing that there are so many people whose reactions are coming from their own trauma, their own fear, their own whatever, and trying to figure out where to draw the line between being understanding of that and accepting of them and who they are and also holding them responsible for their behavior. Hi, I'm Roberta, and um, I, on the issue of feral, um, last week <laughs> I was standing at the bus stop in uh, Tacoma Park, and this woman was there, and we started chatting, and she was um, a teacher of four and a half year olds, and she was telling me how she spends a lot of time putting out fires with the cats, and they're, they're not, she said, they're just not socialized. So this is something, it's not just here, it's all over the place. And I always attribute to the um, Rip Van Winkle factor. We've all been sleeping for a while. We don't know how to interact with each other. However, um, one of the things about listening the best that I think is important, I think it's very important, but I think you have a choice. And the choice on how you're going to act, and I like the, the fact that you brought out the idea of a, their best intentions. Because people are trying to be liked and to be accepted. And I think, um, that extra piece sounds helpful, so thank you. Thanks, Roberta. Okay, there are some more uh, comments in the um, in Zoom. Let me just go through them. Sue Jacobson says, "Casey, thank you for another powerful platform." Uh, Laura DeShulia says. I want to be more seen, at least at West's. Maybe more invisible in the outside world at large. Judy says, um, I had a similar miscommunication with family members to the one Casey describes about their statement uh, to don't phone me. My dear family members frequently give me beautiful earrings as gifts. Once I said something like, geez, you guys are always giving me so many earrings. 
and they heard it as, don't give me any more earrings. I meant I only have two ears, and I wish, and I wish I could wear all these beautiful earrings more often. Thank you so much for filling my life with such beauty. Uh, Trish uh, says, Denise, your point is very important. Uh, we need to work together to figure out how to do this. Rich comments. Okay, thank you to everybody who shared their thoughts and their uh, attention. Just as we share our perspectives in this community, so too do we share our resources and gifts. Here at West, we split all undesignated gifts in the Sunday collection between our operating budget on the one hand and a fund dedicated to justice and compassion. During the month of May, we are highlighting the social justice impact of care work in two directions. Balthazar Ayala, and his family have cared for our community for more than 35 years as custodians. It now it's our, share, our, our turn to care for them. Balthazar recently suffered the theft of his car, uh, his truck and tools, which has had a significant financial impact on his business and on his family. An appeal to direct support uh, Balthazar was sent out a couple of weeks ago and you're welcome to uh, contribute to that and we are sharing today's collection to help restore the loss. Let's all take a moment to prepare to respond to the invitation to generosity as we are able to donate online through the simple gift system, text an amount to 202-335-1885, go to tiny.cc forward slash westgives, or click on give on our website, ethicalsociety.org. To donate in person today, you could also just place cash or a check in the basket at the back of the hall on your way out. And you can always send a check in the mail. Thank you for your generosity. We will now receive your gifts and the gift of music from John. Cry, 
laughing you've much still to do so keep your light burning tomorrow needs you now my game that's today you ready to play Way. There's so much to see, so much left to feel, no time for what's gone, right here is what's real, your laughter and tears show a race that's well run, your living still for this you have won won for the fires that left you empty inside won for the loves made you laugh till you cried cry and come laughing you've much still to do so Thank you so much to the many people who helped create today's uh, uh, time together. Senior Leader Casey Slack and the staff members, Dara Miles, Robin Kravitz, Tamanna Barangi, Maceo Thomas, and Leah Morris, who provided today's music, uh, at least the music to follow. And our platform production team, the tech team members, slide artists, Zoom chat, Asha, and in-person greeters whose names you'll see on the closing credits slide. Thank you all. Um, at the conclusion of the platform, please join us for social hour, either here or uh, via Zoom. Uh, just a couple of announcements. The uh, Sci-Fi Club is not meeting today at one o'clock, uh, uh, just, just in case you were going to join. Uh, there are two deepening circles that are meeting this week. Uh, Jenna Umbriak's group is meeting today at three o'clock and uh, Peggy Gates's group on Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. And now we have a video message from our Board of Trustees. Hi, this is John Pfeiffer with an update from the Board of Trustees. This past week, the Board held a town hall, which was attended by about 30 people. The primary discussion was focused on the budget and the difficult decisions needed to balance the budget. We wish to extend our thanks to all who made a pledge for the coming program year, Pledging is part of the cornerstone of allowing us to build a balanced budget. There is a spring campaign currently underway entitled A Washington Eating Society. We are working to avoid needing these campaigns in the future, but this year we do need a campaign to help us close our deficit. Please consider donating by June 4th. Speaking of June 4th, 
The spring membership meeting will be on June 4th. Platform will be abbreviated, running from 10.30 to 11.30, followed by a community potluck to celebrate the end of the spring campaign. The member meeting will start at one o'clock. The vote to accept the proposed operating budget will be the primary business of the member meeting. Also currently ongoing is a board election. There are three open seats on the board. Uh, voting closes June 4th at 1 p.m. More stuff on June 4th. You should have received your ballot in email. If you have not received your ballot or have problems casting your vote, please contact the LLDC. Thank you. Thanks, important announcement. Uh, that's it from us by way of announcements. As always, you can find information about opportunities to connect in the weekly news notes email and on the calendar page of Wes's website, ethicalsociety.org. Uh, thank you all for being a part of the platform today, whether in person, via Zoom, or watching later. I now invite you to join in singing our song for the month, uh, uh, Say, Say Yes, uh, sung by Leah Morris. They say yes. Say, say, all right, say, say, yes, all right, all right, say, say, yes. Say, say, yes, say, say, all right, say, say, yes, all right, all right, say, say, yes. Say, say, yes, say, say, all right, say, say, yes, all right, all right, say, say, yes. Hold your head up and say, say yes. Keep your heart wide open and say, say yes. Seek the light and let it shine. All right, all right, all right. Say, say yes. Say, say all right. Say, say yes. All right, all right. Say, say yes. Say, say yes. Say, say, all right, say, say, yes, all right, all right, say, say, yes. Keep your mind straight and say, say, yes. Don't you hesitate and say, say, yes. Hold the line, we are right on time, all right, all right, all right, say, say, yes. Say, say, all right, say, say, yes, all right, all right, say, say, yes. Say, say, yes, say, say, all right, say, say, yes, all right, all right, say, say, yes. Say, say, yes, say, say, all right, say, say, yes, all right, all right, say, 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 yes, say, say, all right, say, say, yes, all right, all right, say, say, yes, say, say, yes, say, say, yes, say, say, yes.
uh, a, a few last reminders before we leave. If you're new to our community, please send an email to our membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas, and introduce yourself. For those who wish to socialize online to reach virtual coffee hour, point your browser to tiny.cc forward slash West Coffee Hour. And now I invite you to join me in our closing words for the month. Let us go into the week ahead with compassion, understanding, and commitment, caring for ourselves and each other and the world around us while celebrating and developing the creativity which is our birthright. And thank you all today for joining the platform today. Look forward to connecting with you again uh, soon.